that their play on the field put them toward the back of the line. Kaiser doesn't see him. Ball is out. There always seems to be one team further behind. All right, gang, welcome to the Brown Notes podcast, where we let them rip on the Cleveland Browns. My name is Scott. This is Rico. (laughs) First of all, I want to say that I'm going to give you your propers for for not giving in to um, positive thinking, not giving in into silver linings to stick into your battered browns depression and per- accurately predicting a steelers win this past week i just want to give you your credit where credit is due do i even want to accept that and not only a steelers victory which to me is obvious haven't we seen that movie so many times right but also well, sure. the the regression of the offense from what we saw in Washington, big step backwards. <sighs> Listen, gang, we promised a stay or go episode this week, and they kind of yanked the rug out from under us by letting go of Joe Woods. I know you've got to be sad to hear this. I mean, no, because I mean, listen, I don't know what happened in the locker room. I know what Jadavian Clowney said. I know all the where there's smoke, there's fire stuff. But listen, man, um, I'm not again, we're not we're not breakdown film guys. Okay, we're not insider info guys. We're just a couple of fans. But what I do know is if you've got an entire this is the only probably time tonight i'm gonna get any kind of technical and i'm probably gonna fuck it up but let's get let her rip anyways so we have a defensive backfield full of man coverage cornerbacks right i think that's consensus these guys are all experts in man coverage so what that means is if you are joe woods you probably don't want them running zone coverage right because that's not at all what they're good at. So when you have a bunch, when you have a giant black hole in the middle of your defensive line and you have zero pass rush, it forces you to have to run zone defense because you can't get any penetration. And so these guys are all playing out of scheme. You're not getting any penetration. You're getting gashed up the middle. Your cornerbacks are playing zone when they ought to be playing man. That's why they have no fucking clue what they're doing because that's not what they're built for. That's not what they've done their entire college careers. And so the what, what makes it all worse, in my opinion, is that this is exactly what he wanted. The reports are that um, Andrew Beery gave him exactly what he wanted. I'm baffled. Well, I mean, do you have any explanation for this? Well, I guess my thought is, you know, we knew – 
something was wrong all year. And when we proposed this stay and go, stay or go episode, we knew Joe Woods was probably going to be the easy one. You know, I even kind of stuck up for the guy for a while and gave him the benefit of the doubt. I feel like I gave everybody here the benefit of the doubt. And I thought, well, you know, the defense played really well last year. And I thought because the league kind of shifted to the run that it exposed that philosophical um, error in judgment that you just laid out in terms of how they constructed the personnel on defense. So, you know, I thought, well, they started to kind of figure it out again towards the end, and I found myself kind of softening. Well, maybe they should bring bring him back, and um, that thought did enter my mind. But as the season wrapped, I think, Rico, the stay or go, I have to ask myself, now that he's gone, how do I feel about everyone else who's left standing? And I guess I'll just ask you, where are you at with the coaching staff? the front office, the organization. I mean, we could do stay or go on the entire roster, but I think that'll shake itself out. And honestly, we know totally. who's going to be here. The core is going to be here. And Joku's going to be here. Watson's going to be here. Cooper's going to be here. Chubb, Garrett, Ward, they're all going to be here. Guys like John Johnson and Hunt and Clowney are all gone. We know who's coming and going yeah, on the roster. Exactly. Um, Who should come and go? higher up in the organization i mean i feel like every single person on the defensive staff is just a crapshoot at this point it just depends on who your new defensive coordinator is and at the time of this recording um thursday the browns have interviewed jim schwartz and they've interviewed brian flores um get to that in a second but to answer your question so i feel like Anybody on the defense, you can take them or leave them, probably leave them because whoever the new guy is is probably going to want to shake the whole thing out, right? As far as the offense is concerned, oh, God. I guess it depends on what's your perspective here because, okay, on one hand, this is uh, – this Kevin Stefanski has been the head coach for three years now. And in every single one of those three years, there's been some kind of fucking weird circumstance. Year one was COVID, right? Year two was the Baker thing and his shoulder and his con it was his contract year. So what do we have in him? But it's hard to really know because of the shoulder. And so that kind of fucked everything up. So then this year we've got the 11 game suspension and that fucked everything up. And so now there's a lot of people who think that, when the 11 game suspension came down super plausible that they just really decided to punt on the entire season, especially when game 11 came and they were four and seven, there's no freaking way that, um, um, Jacoby Brissett was going to go six and zero to make the playoffs. There's no way that Deshaun Watson was going to go six and zero to make the playoffs. So then it just became a big training camp. So this coming year, from a certain point of view, Obi-Wan, will be the first year that Kevin Stefanski will have any type of a normal season from start to finish. At least that's what we all see going into it. So from a certain from from that point of view, it's only fair to keep the guy because he has never really had a chance to run this team with any kind of a normal season 
but then we have the other hand, you know, there's lots of other coaches that don't have normal seasons and that have shit coming at them sideways all the time. Like Kyle Shanahan, he's gone through 78 quarterbacks and yet they still make the playoffs. Right. Um, just f- for an example right there. Yeah. Um, this Tomlin started two and six. Exactly. I, mean, Tom, every, Tomlin I think started- it's the, the league is about adversity. Sure. Listen, you're absolutely right. I appreciate what you're laying out, and I, I tried. I, I want to be. I don't want to let myself get angry in this episode. No, do it, man. That's this um, is letter rip. I, I gave, I gave Stefanski a chance, and I, up until really a few weeks ago, I was all on board with bringing him back, not because I'd love necessarily the direction of the team or I my confidence was rattled and I still was sticking up for him and I really as the season drew to a close I kind of I kind of started to take my Browns fan goggles off here a little bit and just kind of look at it and if you can pardon the phrase analytically and a little more coldly I guess We've seen since 99, Rico, I don't have to go through the history lesson. We've seen this team lose double digits every damn season, save two or three since 1999. Double digit losses, double digit losses, usually 12 or 13, sometimes 16. (laughs) We've seen it. Kevin Stefanski joined that club this year, and I think that's when it really hit me that you know, went eight and nine last year in a year when your quarterback was hurt. None of us could really figure out why Baker wasn't resting and why we weren't seeing Case Keenum. No one could really figure that out. We had a lot of conspiracy theories about it, but we kind of said, okay, your quarterback got hurt. And we just kind of shook that year off. But then it happened again this year. Circumstances were different, but this time we lost 10 games. And now we've gone backward in my my thinking is now we're we've become one of those double digit lost teams again. And honestly, I thought in 2018 we had left that part of the new Browns, the 99 Browns behind us finally, and that this team wasn't going to slide back into it. That this team's roster was frankly too talented to slide back into double digit losses. We finished last this year. And I think I have to say to myself, if Jimmy Haslam's not willing to say it, I'm going to say it. It's unacceptable. The roster is too talented. I don't care about Baker Mayfield being hurt. I don't care about the 11 game suspension. You just cited Kyle Shanahan. Mike Tomlin started two and six. Every team deals with adversity. The fucking Jacksonville Jaguars had Urban Meyer as their coach last year, shitting all over the organization. The Giants. The Giants, major turnaround. Every team faces adversity. Every team. How this team could get worse in the three years of Kevin Stefanski being the head coach, year after year, get progressively worse is beyond me. It's the best. We've seen all these other coaches with double-digit losses. They were on either rebuilding teams or teams that were just utterly devoid of talent or teams that were tanking. All those teams were 
objectively bad teams <laughs> with bad rosters. Kevin Stefanski has a roster that everyone will tell you is playoff caliber. There's no reason this team shouldn't have made the playoffs this year. It sure as hell shouldn't have lost double-digit games, and they sure as hell shouldn't have finished last in the division. It's unacceptable. And so for that, I've kind of come full circle from being a guy who was defending Kevin Stefanski. I've never been crazy about Andrew Barry or his drafts. And I'm at a point now where I'd be totally okay. And I know it's not going to happen because they're interviewing a defensive coordinator and they're going to ride this thing for another year. But yeah. with you've got four years of Deshaun Watson. You have no guarantee he re-signs with the Browns after that. If I was Jimmy Haslam on Black Monday, I would have let Paul DePodesta go. I would have let Andrew Barry go. And I would have let Kevin Stefanski and his entire fucking staff go. I would have cleaned out the entire building. Because going backwards from winning a playoff game in 2020 is not acceptable. It's unacceptable. Franchises with far less talent played much, much more inspired professional football this year than this team did. And we just got to eat it. We're just supposed to just, hey... All good. Let's roll it back. Well, particularly in this market, Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. But I wanted to touch on a few things in your rant that uh, just for points of emphasis. So um, the Steelers finished ahead of us again. Here's what burns my ass about that. And, and maybe you heard this stat and maybe you didn't and maybe other people have. But did you know that? The Steelers have finished ahead of the Browns in the standings every year for the last 30 years. It's unacceptable. 30 years. It's been it's since the Browns have had a better record than the Steelers. That's fucking stupid. Point two is when you mentioned the roster, how good the roster is. Would you say, and I, I asked you this in a text a few days ago, but I want to bring it out here too. Um, would you say since 1989 that, okay, let me ask it a different way. S since the late 80s, has there been a better roster than this one? No. Okay. No. This is the best roster this team has had since 1987. Okay. So if this is the best roster, and I think a lot of people would probably agree with that. If this is the best roster since 1987 and Kevin Stefanski in three. Now, mind you, I set this all up with from a certain point of view. But having said all of that setup, I don't buy any of that shit. I agree with you completely. So if this is the last if this is the best roster since roster since 1987 and he has gotten progressively worse in the last three years with the best roster in 35 years. Does that not make him the worst coach they've had in the last 35 years? Yeah, you could certainly look at it that way. I mean, he's not getting what he should be getting out of this talent, period. You know, it's it's not a perfect roster, but this is a far, far, far more talented roster than any other version since 1999. I would say it's the most talented roster since 1987. Grossly underachieving. Many people keep saying, but he's the best coach we've had since 99. No, he's the coach with the most talent since 99. Everybody said that about Baker, too. Baker's the best quarterback we've had since 1999. Why do you want to get rid of him? Same thing. 
Well, Baker probably was, but that doesn't mean that he's a franchise quarterback. That's correct. <laughs> Not when all the QBs you've had since 99 are that bad. Regarding the Steelers, you know, finishing ahead of the Browns for 30 years, that's the stark difference of for 20, for 20 what? Over 20 of those years, the Browns were an expansion team. You know, and the Steelers were, by comparison, a Super Bowl caliber team for a number of those years. And you could say the same thing about the Ravens. And guess what? Now you can say it about the Bengals. And so it's like in this division, which is one of the toughest divisions in Super Bowl, we in one, excuse me, one of the toughest divisions in the NFL, we have consistently seen Super Bowl, a Super Bowl caliber team in this division. You know, and here you have the Browns trying to come out of the most unsuccessful expansion launch in NFL history. I mean, we're worse than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point by far um, that, you know, they were trying to consistently compete in a division that had a team or two who could legitimately win a Super Bowl. So, you know, so yeah, finishing last year after year, but at some point as fans and frankly, as ownership, it has to be unacceptable. And I don't know where Jimmy Haslam, I don't know what his perspective is or what these guys are telling him. That's got him to believe that what he's seeing is okay. I don't know that he doesn't look around the rest of the league. I know he has a relationship with Peyton Manning as he stopped talking to Peyton Manning. Cause I got to believe Peyton Manning would say, there's no reason for your team to be in last place. I know he, if, if I, I would certainly think he would say that, like, what the fuck are you doing? Here's the thing, man. Again, I don't know what's going on in that building, but a couple, couple of things. Um, so I think it, in the in the in the in the Andrew Barry Kevin Stefanski presser, um, Tony Grossi asked him about the analytics and essentially asked him, you know, who's you know the analytics is a tool to check your you know gut decision making, right? And so who's checking the analytics essentially, you know, checks and balances, right? Everybody should have a system of checks and balances. And Andrew Barry essentially said that there is no check and balances for their analytics department. They have, in in other words, complete autonomy, right? And so right. now it appears, um, we're choosing my words carefully because we don't really know, but it appears as if you've got an analytics, a gigantic analytics department that apparently they're expanding. You've got a giant analytics department that goes completely unchecked. And the guy who's running that analytics department has completely Svengali'd your owner into, into buying whatever shit he's feeding them. And, and that's where I think we are right now. He's totally Svengali Jimmy Haslam into buying into this. Just trust me. Just trust me. The math doesn't lie. The math doesn't lie, Scott. Numbers don't lie. So well, we both know that that's false because of that story I told you. Yeah. Numbers tell numbers tell whatever you want them to tell. So, so I think that's where we are right now, from my opinion. A couple national guys have been on our local um, our local radio. Yeah. Um, the fan this week, um, Ross Tucker is one and he thinks the whole thing is foobar. He thinks it's fucked up and we're never that it's just, it's, he thinks the, he went on the radio and basically said next year is going to be a shit show. And uh, the other guys, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, is it Salisbury? 
Sean Salisbury. Yeah. yeah the, the guy used to play quarterback. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on too and basically basically gave the same, you know, no vote of confidence. And, you know, I think a lot of locally, a lot of fans get really upset because they feel like the national media is just always bagging on Cleveland. Well, for one thing, here's the cold, hard facts is, guys, our team doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt from the national media. The team's been a shit show with a 200 winning percentage for over 20 years. So why should anybody in the national media give Jimmy Haslam, who's been a shit owner for a decade, the Browns that have been a shit organization for two decades, why should anybody nationally give the Browns the benefit of the doubt? Why should anybody nationally give Deshaun Watson the benefit of the doubt? Why should anybody nationally? There's a few national people. Aditi is like constantly singing the praises of Kevin Stefanski. That's fine. That's fine. But I when I hear her do it on the radio or on the uh uh, local uh, ultimate Cleveland sports show. She um, she's not making a lot of sense to me. You know, she's like basically consistency for consistency's sake, because the team's always blowing it up. But this is one instance where you could say, you know, when Hasm would be blowing it up when they're trying to build a roster, it's not fair to the coach. Cause how's he going to win with the shit roster? Maybe you need to stick with it until you get some players on the team. It's just not the case anymore. There's talent on this team. So what you're seeing are it's a results based business. And when you go from 11 and five to, you know, what was it? Eight and nine. And now to seven and 10, you're getting worse. And I haven't seen, and I know we have rust on Deshaun Watson but I don't I'm not know. buying that rust bullshit. Brock Purdy for San Francisco was Mr. Irrelevant, the very last pick in the draft, and watched everybody practice all year. And he steps right in and looks like he's been doing it all year and is winning football games for them. So that rust bullshit is only going to take you one game, in my opinion. Well, fair enough. Then even more cause for concern, because the point I was going to get to was I don't have a great deal of confidence that Kevin Stefanski can make this work with Deshaun Watson. And I don't know that he can do the things we've seen. Kevin Stefanski have success offensively with bad quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, marginally better, but that's his resume. So he can manage marginal talent, but when he has brand name, let's say, talent on his team. We've seen two years in a row, the last game of the season end with a starter simply not showing up to work and effectively quitting on the team. Baker Mayfield quit last year with one game left. Quit. Just flat out quit. Yeah, I'm And done. Jadavian Clowney did the exact same thing. Same thing. Year. Just quit. I've never seen it. I've never seen <laughs> it. I can't recall a time when a coach in back-to-back years has had a star player or a star player for your roster, just say, I'm not playing a 17-game season. I quit. Yeah, and then, two years in a row now. Two years in a row. And on top of that, Odell Beckham effectively quit midseason last year. Yeah. So it's happened three times in the last two years. So I don't know that Kevin Stefanski can manage name-brand talent. I don't know that he's able to communicate the way he needs to with some of these guys i mean what is it about and what is deshaun watson not to interrupt you but he's the ultimate and name brand talent right oh for sure he's he's right up there with as far as name is right up there with mahomes and 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 any of the other guys but what makes a guy okay wait before i get to that i think it's odd 
you know, because typically, you know, I love listening to Aditi. She always makes a lot of sense. She's typically like, you know, when she gets on with the morning guys who, you know, Ken Carmen is is a, like a really huge homer and he and he, him and guys like him and, and G Bush get a little passionate like us regular fans sometimes. And she comes in and she's typically like the voice of reason. And, and when she does present that side of things, she typically makes a lot of sense. But the way she's the way she's sticking up for Stefanski in this particular instance, just it makes no sense to me. I just don't get it, man. I don't understand. And and with that, what makes a guy and here's the really bizarre thing to piggyback off what you just said. What makes a guy have such a because he's proven it for several years now with more than one roster. What makes a guy so good at making shit look better than it really is but when he has something really good makes it look worse than it ought to look yeah how i mean i don't is that what we're looking at here yeah i really don't understand that oh shit how does that happen i don't know i i got one answer for you for aditi she works for the browns i mean yeah. She's employed by the Cleveland Browns now. And she's, I mean, she's basically a female Nathan Zagura at this point, right? Yeah. And the other thing is um, we've seen other radio hosts locally who have been, and I, I know we got people outside Ohio who listen, yeah. not that you can't stream anything online, but you may not yeah. be, we may be a little too inside baseball here, but I don't think Tony Rizzo works for the Browns anymore. And he's been calling for Stefanski's head for a few weeks now. So yeah. It's interesting how people's perspectives change whenever the name on their paycheck changes, right? But for sure. Um, and and honestly, he didn't sway me on my change. And I listen to him every day, but he didn't sway me on my change with Stefanski. I the double digit loss thing really. <laughs> I thought we were past that, man. I honestly did. That hit me to realize Dude. we're back there again in last place, two years removed from going head to head with Mahomes and the chiefs come on man unacceptable there 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 was a few of the talking heads with regard to like you know last year and this year and the roster that he has you know not only were people talking playoffs were kind of like a given but there was even a few people who were talking like conference championship and maybe even super bowl with this roster and we're at double fucking digits man i mean that's just freak happen and as well as the offense played i know ultimately you know joe woods had to fall on the sword for stefanski but as well as the offense played under brissette there's no reason for it and 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 that jets thing never should have happened never should have happened we all saw it with a no. minute and a half left 99.9 percent probability of victory to have that many mistakes in a row all happen freakishly never should have happened. Never. This season, that first month of the season, that schedule was such cake bullshit that I it know. was just – it was handed <laughs> them know. on a platter to start 4-0. and Inexcusable. You're right, Inexcusable. Any other coach in the North would have gotten more out of this roster the last two years than Kevin Stefanski. Any other one. Yeah. Any other one. And they'd have been in the, the playoffs. I will say with Harbaugh or Tomlin, they'd have been in the playoffs, goddamn for sure. Oh, 
easily. And, and the I cat mean, in Cincinnati, people don't care for, but he'd have done a better job with this roster too. So, well, guess what? He took his team to a Super Bowl last year, so he can't he couldn't have been that bad. Yep. I want to talk to you about it real quick, man, if you can hear yeah. me, because I want to get to, I want to make a point about Stefanski or try to, you know, I, I'm not a jock. Listen, I know relating what happens in sports to your regular job often fails, but I'm going to try it anyway. You were, you were a college athlete, so you're probably, you know, have far more credibility on this than I do, but I've worked for decades so i've worked for a number of different bosses and a number of different organizations i, I assume you have too and yep. you've played for different managers in baseball i assume too correct throughout your you know career some good some bad for and sure. you ask yourself and baseball is a little different because it's not the motivation thing that sure is. the nfl is but in the workplace, you have to have management. You have to have a direct report who knows how to manage your personality, knows how to get work out of you. Yes, you're getting a paycheck, and that should be motivation enough. Same with pro athletes. But we all know from the workplace that sometimes you've had a boss. I've had bosses who are hard asses. I've had bosses who ride me, who question everything I do. I've I had do. bosses that are easy on me. And just let me go and leave me alone. I've had bosses that literally stand over my shoulder and watch me work. I've been managed by all types, mm -hmm. you know? And I think, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that even for multi-million dollar athletes, they need motivation. You have to have a motivator. And the Browns roster, they don't have any of those guys in the clubhouse. They've got just everybody's quiet, shy, <laughs> everybody's... You know, Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, Mari Cooper, Deshaun Watson, none of these guys, they're all kind of the same guy. They're all just sure. kind of, you know, keep to themselves dudes. But I think in the workplace, in my experiences, when I've had people who challenge me, I get the most out of doing my job well when I do it for a red ass. If that makes sense. Cause oh, then I feel like that's if, true. If I excelled and I get their approval, then I feel like I've achieved the most. Does that make sense? Oh, well, sure. Or even if you, even if you achieve for your red ass boss, just to give him a big giant fuck you, it doesn't matter. Right. It's whatever, to prove to whatever floats your boat, man. And, and there's, you know, you, you are so right. It, you can't, when you're, especially when you're a football player, you are conditioned kind of like a soldier. You are conditioned to not have too much independent thought and you will operate as a unit and you will look to your coach for direction and for motivation. And that's the way you are conditioned as a football player from peewee all the way up. And to expect these guys who have been conditioned to look to their leader for leadership and for motivation and for direction because that's a fact and to not get it then you feel lost and you don't know what to do and you you're looking at each other for motivation and they don't have any motivators they don't have a ray lewis that can stand in and be that guy and joe woods I think was the same type of a he was totally shut off just like Stefanski is you're right dude We've been we've been screaming this 
all freaking for for 11 weeks now we've been screaming this this whole team mirrors the personality of their head coach they're passive uh-huh they're passive you know um they're all a bunch of they're a fucking bowl of saltine crackers man yeah there's no dog in this team you know they're no. just they're just a passive bunch that kind of and and the thing is too i think about miles garrett who's going into what year seven yeah and i i you think about his head his head coaches have been hugh jackson for like three years um greg williams as an interim freddie kitchens and kevin stefanski has miles garrett ever had any coaching in his career no no like ever has he ever had like a mentor? I mean, did we ever have anybody on this roster that he could look to? You know, like a Willie McGinnis. I know he was a shit show when he was here because he basically just came here and collected a check. But like yep. a veteran player that could have like he could have looked up to when he came here. He was like the leader right off the bat. He was coming to a team that hadn't won a game. Right. So it was That's like right. they were all looking to him the day after the draft. Yep. And then he's got he's never had any coaching. He's no. never had a mentor on this team. No, he had one style of coaching. I did hear him talk about when Greg Williams was here. Greg Williams said, you're not allowed to do any other move except rush around the outside. That was the only coaching he's gotten for six fucking years. Wow. Was the, that he had to play the position with one hand tied behind his back. And you could say the same thing about Njoku. I don't have any question that Kevin Stefanski knows offense, but I'll tell you what, man. The league gets a book on you. You know, you've got to always be, you know, you can be king shit one year and the next year, everybody's watched your film and got you figured out. So that shit's got to evolve, you know? So I'd almost rather have, I almost don't care about the X's and O's so much because I think that's going to be changing all the time because the league is constantly catching up with you that I need a guy, I need a Mike Tomlin. I need a guy that's like going to motivate and be that CEO handle game management see the big picture and motivate his fucking players man it doesn't have to be a shouter tony dungy could be a motivator don't you know? need to be a screamer that's true doesn't have to be that but i need somebody who's got a pulse <laughs> you know <laughs> here's the question i wish somebody would ask in one of these press conferences you they the browns are everybody's been talking about this a lot they're the most analytically driven football team in the NFL. Fine. So the, you run your numbers. The numbers don't lie, right? The numbers are correct. We have these numbers, and this is what we should do because this is what the numbers say, right? But guess what? What do you do? Because they can only derive these numbers from a certain the, – the bucket of resources that, that, that poops out these numbers – is finite right it's not infinite okay and so what do you do when your numbers are great and your analytics are great but guess what everybody else has the same analytics man right they all have the same statistics they all know what you're going to do because right. they have the same analytics as you do so what do you do to adjust for that and that's where they fail Yep. Yeah. I mean, Hey, if there was a hall of fame for scheming up the first drive of a game, I mean, Stefanski to be a first ballot guy, you know what I mean? But what yeah, happens after that? All I can say is all I can do is I'm going to look at numbers too. And those numbers say 11 and five, eight and nine, seven and 10. Uh, the team is regressing. The team has had locker room issues and back-to-back -back years. 
hell probably the only reason why they didn't have locker room issues in uh 20 was because there was no locker room it was covid yeah. year yeah. so who knows but i mean the team has problems and the buck has to stop at the head coach it has to if it doesn't i don't know where it stops somebody ultimately has to be responsible right oh and he even doubled down on that in the press conference essentially like oh i don't deal with the defense that's you know I've, i'm too focused on the offense i need somebody else to worry about that well then be an offensive coordinator well, man you took the words out of my mouth well then that's a problem because uh, clearly okay if he let's say next year alex van pelt's calling plays right then why do you even have Kevin Stefanski on uh, employed by the organization? Because if he's not calling the plays, I don't know what he's doing as a head coach. Million dollars. Sean Watson's right even said, I've never seen a head coach in the quarterback room so much. And Stefanski's answer was, well, it gets boring being a head coach. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He gets bored in the building. He doesn't know where to put himself. So he just goes and hangs out in a quarterback room. Because he wants nothing to do with the other half of the football team. Right. Right, which would just, take up all of that spare time that he has that he spends in the quarterback room. You think Mike Tomlin says, "Man," because Mike Tomlin was a D backs coach. Remember, you right. think Mike Tomlin says, "Man, I spend a lot of time cooking up defensive schemes because I'm so fucking bored." Man, no, his shit, his fingers are in everything, man, because he's a CEO because he manages his team. Are yeah. you kidding me? Um, think about what you just said. Our football coach. It has too much time on his hands, and that's why he spends all of his time in the quarterback room. But doesn't know what to do with himself. He's not in there. Because do you I, want that guy as your head coach? Listen, they've been screaming about leadership issues the entire year, and this is what they're talking about. There's a uh -huh. lack of leadership. There's no leadership on the field, and there's no leadership in the building. If I was Haslam, I'd clean house. It ain't happening. They're hiring a D coordinator. We're gonna run this whole thing back next year. But I would clean house. And I, I don't think, I think on Monday, no one would have blamed him if he'd done it. No one. The fans would not no, have you brought, Yeah, you brought up a great point about that. If there was any year that the fans would have not given two shits about him cleaning house, it would have been this year. Would have been this year. Yeah. Would have been this year. Because it was a miserable fucking season. So yeah. no one would have cared. So here you go. Does one more before we go. Does Kevin Stefanski make it to Halloween next year? Uh, depends on who they hire as a defensive coordinator. If it's, yeah, if it's Flores or Schwartz, I think, you know, you could see one of those guys take over and that's probably where we're headed, which just is so fucking pointless. All right. We got to go, man. We're out of time. Go Browns. All right. Go Browns. <laughs>